Well, once again, welcome. So glad that you are here. You know, um, I've had the opportunity now for uh, about 25 years to recognize um, high school graduates. And um, I'm going to say I'm a little biased this year since I have a graduating senior. But I'm so excited um, about those that, that um, are within our fellowship that are going to be beginning that next phase of their life and their mission and their ministry. As I think about this year's um, graduating class, this is the 911 class. Okay, this is a class that was born with the backdrop being the September 11th attack. So they've grown up really not knowing, as many of you did as well, not knowing a world without some form of a war, um, whether that's the Middle Eastern War or maybe it was the ISIS, Taliban, whatever it might be. But this is also the class that grew up not knowing what life was like without technology. They grew up, um, the iPod had already been introduced to the world. Um, cell phones were introduced to the world. They grew up um, during, before, uh, or after YouTube and after Facebook, after smart tablets. And this is a crazy thing, but SpongeBob is older than this class. Pretty crazy to think about. As I think about, um, think about this year, okay? Um, you know, Everybody says this class has gotten the raw deal and all that other stuff. Um, you know, I think that if anything, this year should have made them stronger like it's made us all stronger. But think about what's happened so far um, in 2020. We're 145 days into this year. And I want to read to you um, just by, as a way of a reminder. Um, this year um, has been, um, we kind of woke up um, to the Australian wildfires. Um, the coronavirus was introduced to the world. Toilet paper became a form of currency. Um, Prince Harry and Meghan stepped down from the royal positions. President Trump is impeached and acquitted. Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. The United Kingdom withdrew from the European Union. The coronavirus shuts down the world. Every sporting event in the world either suspended play or canceled play. Most everyone went from working outside of the home to working from home. Every home with school-aged children became a schoolhouse. The Dow collapsed. The price of oil went negative briefly. Thousands of people have died. Hundreds of thousands of people have been infected. Millions upon millions of people have been furloughed or laid off, and all of our churches went to online services. I mean, it's been a crazy year, hasn't it? It's going to be a 2020 that none of us will forget, um, and, and we're not even halfway through yet. So let's pray that the second half is a little different than the, the first half. You know, um, if you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 24 through 27 together. So Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look at verses 24 through 27 together. And by way of setup, this morning we're going to look at the closing words from the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest man that ever lived. We're going to look at the closing words from the great sermon Jesus preached from the Sermon Mount. Think about all that is found within the three chapters and over 100 verses within that sermon. We're, we're introduced to the Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer, 
Jesus tells us that we are to be the salt and the light of the world. We find out and learn about the golden rule, and Jesus um, lays out the way to eternal life. We learn from this great sermon how to deal with anger and lust, divorce, oaths, retaliation, hypocrisy, anxiety, and judgment. We learn about love, compassion, prayer, fasting, and bearing good fruit. This is one of the most powerful sermons that have ever been preached and one of the most important sermons that has ever been preached, and we find it within God's Word. This morning, we're going to look at what Jesus said on the back end of his sermon. What he had to say about two men who built two houses choosing two different foundations. So now notice what we read in God's word here. In Matthew 7, 24 through 27, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. Then great was the fall of it. Our message point this morning is this. Question posed is how firm is your foundation. This message is is a message that may be directed toward our seniors, but it's applicable to us all. So you may hear me in this message um, reference our seniors, um, and and just take that as me referencing our seniors, okay? So um, just keep that in mind. You know, this up here on the screen here is um, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Okay, many of you have visited this place. I've never been there. I've always wanted to go there. But this structure first began, um, the, the foundation of it was started in 1173. The lean wasn't noticed until that third story had been built. And at that point, and from that point, it's been leaning ever since, up until a renovation project began several years ago. It was a $25 million renovation project in which they removed 110 tons of dirt and, and backfilled that with a firm, solid foundation. You know, why was this necessary? Because the tower had been tilting and sinking for hundreds of years away from vertical, right? What was the problem? Was it a bad design? Was it poor workmanship? Was it a poor marble grade that was chosen? No. The problem was what was underneath it, right? The problem was the foundation. You know, over the course of our lives, okay, all of us in this room have heard the Word of God preached and taught. We have held the Word of God close and tight. We have hidden the Word of God in our hearts. We have found help in the Word of God. We have sung the Word of God. We have prayed the Word of God. And I pray that all of us in this room have responded obediently to the Word of God when we place our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. All of these things have happened um, during our seniors' first 18 years of their life and during our lives as well. Um, You know, some um, of you this morning, as you look back on your faith journey, you have been walking with the Lord for 20, for 30, 40, 50, 60 years of your life. You, you don't know your life 
what it was like before you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. However, others um, uh, have heard the word but never responded obediently to the word. So this morning's message is a tale of two people with two different responses that experienced two different outcomes. So notice our first point. Notice the similarities between these men. In verses 24, and then we're going to drop down to 26, we read these words. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine, in verse 26, and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. You know, Jesus is painting a, a scene for us this morning. He is painting a scene of two men who were were probably very, very successful men. We can imagine them as being successful men. Let's just say that they were married. They had two children. They had a dog named Fido and they had a cat named Max. Okay, They build these beautiful homes. Um, they have a white picket fence. There's a tree house for the kids to play in. Um, it's beautifully um, landscaped and there is a picturesque view of the Sea of Galilee. Um, these are the kind of homes that these two men would have built. Would have, would have built. You know, I, it's important for us to recognize here that Jesus is not speaking about two polar opposite people here. He's not speaking to one about one saint and another kind of hellion person that shook his fist at God and 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 did everything he could to not be live obediently to God. That's not the kind of people that that he's painting here. Okay, these are two men very much like all of us in this room. Okay, they were probably active in their local synagogue, okay, like we are active in our local church. They probably sat on their leadership teams. They may have taught classes. They gave, you know, their tithe um, as well. These two men are the same from all appearances, but on the inside, they are completely different. One person is a hearer only of the word, and the other person is a doer of the word. One person lives to please others, and the other person lives for an audience of one and lives to please the Lord Jesus Christ. Both men are very similar, but notice the difference, the first man um, between these men. Okay, The first man recognizes that there is wisdom in the word. There's wisdom in the word. The word to him is more than just um, words on a page. The word to him is full of life-giving instruction. He recognizes that God's word must be underneath him at all times, and he recognizes that his life must be built upon the word of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, Paul wrote these words. He said, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. There is only one foundation that you and I are to build our lives upon, is that is the foundation of Jesus Christ. Any other foundation will lead to turmoil, misery, and an eternity separated from the Lord Jesus Christ. One can attempt to, to, to have any kind of foundation they want, but there's only one solid foundation, and that is Jesus. Look with me at what Luke had to say about this first builder. In Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49, we read these words. What do you, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who calls to, comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been built well, because it had been well built. This first man worked very, very hard to make sure that the house in which he built um, was 
placed on a solid foundation. I read that in this part of the world that some people may have to dig 10, 20, or even 30 feet before they hit bedrock, before they hit a solid foundation. This man worked hard to to build his house upon a solid foundation. Once he found bedrock, he anchored his home to it, and then he built his house upon it. Notice again the words in verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Hearing the word of God is not enough, is it? Think about us in this room. Collectively in this room, we have heard thousands upon thousands upon thousands of sermons, haven't we, over the course of our lives. And many of us have heard these sermons and the words went in this year and came out right out this year. You know, we have to, when we hear the word, we are forced to respond to the word, aren't we? And so what Jesus is telling us this morning is that there's two different people. One man was a hearer of the word only. He wasn't a doer of the word. He didn't put into practice the word of God. You have heard the sermons. You have read the word. But have you truly allowed the word to get into you and subsequently get out of you? Our first core value here as a church is is the word of God. The word of God is the foundation by which all of the other core values that we have spring out, right? Right? Think about that first church in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. What did that first church, what did those people do? And everything they did was centered around the Word of God, right? In Acts 2, 42, we read, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. These were men and women and students and children who made the Word of God foremost in their lives. Why did they do that? Because they wanted to take the Word and they wanted to make it applicable to their lives. They wanted to put into practice the Word of God. They wanted to be doers of the word. That's why they sat at the feet of the disciples and learned from the word. Someone said when we hear the word, it gets into our our head. When we discover the word, it gets into our heart. When we apply the word, it gets into our hands. When we put into practice the word of God, what we are doing is we are being the hands and feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, aren't we? And not only are our lives impacted, but the lives of those we do life with, their lives are impacted as well. You know, there comes a point in all of our lives when, when we must decide what we're going to do with Jesus. And, you know, specifically talking about our, our, our high school graduates. You know, our high school graduates, they're about to enter into the real world, aren't they? You know, some of them are going to go off to Christian colleges. Um, Others of them are going to go off to state colleges. And we know what is happening um, across our university um, scholastic um, plane, don't we? Our our professors are trying to manipulate um, these students, trying to brainwash them and warp them and basically take everything that they ever learn in their home or in the church and, and try to discredit what they believe. And so we need to be praying for our students. We need to be praying that they respond appropriately and rightly to the Word of God because they are going to be attacked. If they're not attacked at the university level, they're going to be attacked when they get into the the real world, right? When they get into the workforce world, when they um, become teachers or doctors or or carpenters or, or whatever their trade might be. They're going to be attacked, so we need to be praying for them. You know, all of us, 
are going to be challenged by the storms of life as well. You know, this is a story about a storm that sweeps into a, a two people's lives. One, because his life is built upon Jesus, is able to weather that storm well. The other person, because his life is not built upon Jesus, he experiences destruction, right? Notice here, there is foolishness absent from the word. In verse 26, again, we read, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. You know, Jesus refers to this second foundation as sand. The person who built their house upon it is called foolish. You know, the the literal meaning for this word is moron, okay? I don't think any of us want to go through life being called morons, do we? Well, this man was a moron. Why? Because he built his house upon a weak, shifting foundation is what he did. You know, when these storms come, and they're going to come into our lives, life is better with Jesus, right? You agree with that? You, you agree with the fact that life is better with Jesus? You know, when you're weathering the storms of life, whether it's a personal sickness or a sickness of a family member, having Jesus there by your side, it, it makes everything so much easier, right? It's still hard. It's still difficult to walk through these stormy seasons of our life. But having Jesus with us makes everything better. And, and that's the picture that we're seeing this morning. This morning, so you and I can build our lives upon one of two foundations the solid foundation of Jesus or the shifting sand of the world. And that leads us to our second point this morning. Let's look at the differences between these men. You know, there are two distinct differences between these two men, especially their eternal destinations. So notice um, um, the sh- a certainty in life destruction comes when lives are lived independent of the Lord, independent of the Word of God. So we're going to first look at verse 27, and then we'll come back to verse 25. But let's look at this this, um, second man here. And the rain fell, and the flood came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You know, this man knew the importance of a solid foundation. That's called common sense, isn't it? You know, if you and I were going to build a, a, a house upright, we're probably going to know the importance of, of the foundation that that house needs to be built upon, right? If, if we don't know that, then we're called morons, right? But we do know. If we're, if I, you know, I'm not a do-it-yourself kind of guy. You know, I went to Israel several years ago, and, and, and we were having a team meeting, and one of the guys in the room said, man, I'll take all the DIY projects. And I had to say, what's a DIY project? Because I didn't know what DIY meant. That kind of tells you the kind of person that I am. So you don't want me building your house, okay? But if I was to build a house, I would know the importance of a solid foundation. This man knew the importance of a solid foundation. Why did he choose the easy way? Why do you and I at times choose the easy way? Martin Lloyd-Jones shares four characteristics that may help us. The first one is this. The man was in a hurry. Okay, he wants to do everything as quickly as possible, not considering the consequences. His in, he is interested in shortcuts and an in instant gratification. You know, we need to learn to slow down in life, don't we? 
You know, one thing, we talked a little bit about this last week, but I've talked to a lot of, um, you know, people during these days that they've been working from home, and their life hasn't slowed down. It's actually more sped up than, than anything. And this man was in a hurry. Man, he wanted to get his house built as quickly as possible. He wanted a shelter for his family, and that was the only concern that he had. So he was in a hurry. Also, he didn't care to listen to instruction. Clearly a man here, right? Clearly a man. A woman is going to do two things. She's going to listen to instructions, and she's going to read the, the, the instruction manual. She's going to look at the blueprints, right? But as men, sometimes we operate kind of independently, and, and we, um, you know, we don't listen very well. And I'm not speaking to myself here. I'm speaking more to you than me, okay? Um, but you and I have a set of blueprints for our lives, don't we? It's called the Word of God. And Jesus is making it very clear to, to those that are listening to his voice on the day that he preached his sermon and subsequently us in this room that we need to listen to the Word of God and we need to put into practice the Word of God and we need to make sure that we build a, provide a solid foundation for our lives, which is Jesus Christ. Also, we see, see here that, that this man can, considered instructions of commands from Christ as pointless. He believes that he does not need God to help him navigate life storms. Isn't that, isn't that sad? You know, how many people do you know like that? How many people do you know that think that they can just weather the storms of life on their own? I think all of us know people like that. There's been times in our lives probably that we have, that we've done that. Man, we didn't turn to God first. We turned to our fellow man or, we, or internally we decided that we could, we could do things our way because we thought we knew the best way. And then the fourth thing here is he has a mentality that never thinks things through. He doesn't consider the consequences of his action. He lives impulsively. His motto is, if it feels good, just do it. Think about that. How many times have we not considered the consequences of our actions? This man lives for today. He does not live his life in light of eternity. Folks, every decision we make have eternal consequences, don't they? Eternal implications. John A. Brodus, Baptist preacher and theologian and one of the founders of the Southern Baptist Convention, wrote these words regarding this passage. He says, there is a mournful danger in every age that men will hear Christ's servants preach and will themselves read in his written word and stop at that without doing according to what they read and hear. Ask yourself this morning, am I doing the sayings of the Lord? That is a question posed this morning to us all. Are we putting into practice the Word of God and doing what it says? If we are, notice the result. Salvation comes to those who live obediently to the Word of God. In verse 25, again we read, and the rain fell and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. I think all of us have seen the scenes of, of some of the hurricanes that have hit our Gulf Coast or other, you know, um, the Caribbeans or something. And we see other destruction. But there's one house that looks like it hasn't been touched. Have you seen pictures like that? 
You know, sometimes the storms of life are going to be hurricane force. Winds, rains, everything. But guess what? You and I, if our foundation is Jesus, we're going to be that lone house that is standing after that storm is over. And, and, and because we have weathered the storm well, we're going to be able to walk with other people as well to help them weather the storms that they're going to experience. You know what our kids have seen? Our kids have seen all of us go through storms, haven't they? And I pray and hope that they have learned from us how to weather the storms well. They probably have learned how not to as well as how to, right? But these storms are going to come. They're going to hit these students left and right over the course of their life. They're going to impact their lives, and they're going to impact our lives as well. But if we've weathered those storms, then we're going to be able to help them weather the storms as well. Read these words from Paul to the church at Philippi with me. In Philippians 3.10, Paul wrote these words, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. I, I love that passage. You know, Paul had one desire in life, and that was to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And subsequently, because he knew the Lord Jesus Christ, he got to tell other people about the Lord Jesus Christ. But his, 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 at the foremost of his life was knowing Jesus. The reward of that was that he got to go on these missionary journeys and plant churches and establish churches and, and preach the gospel and see hundreds of thousands of people over, as a result of the work that he did, the work the Lord did through him. Hundreds of thousands of people have placed their faith in Jesus Christ as a result. Do you know Jesus this morning? Do you know the power of his resurrection? Have you surrendered your life over to his lordship? Have you received the word? And are you telling other people about the word? In 1 John 2, 4 through 6, we read, Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is is not in him. That first man, or the, the second man who built his house on sand, he, he was one that said he knew the Lord, but he didn't really know the Lord. Continue reading in verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. A life which is lived in obedience to Christ is a life that has been founded upon the rock of Jesus, upon the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. Again, is your life built upon the sure foundation of Jesus? Have you placed your faith and trust in him? Have you surrendered your life over him and made him Lord and Savior of your life? Have you yielded your life over to his lordship? You know, there is but one sure foundation, and that is Jesus. There is but one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus. My prayer for all of us in this room this morning is this, that we will hear God's word, that we will hold God's word, that we will hide God's word into our hearts, that we will find help in the word of God, that we will sing the word of God, that we will pray the word of God, and that we will respond obediently to the word of God all the days of our life. That's my prayer for each of us. That's going to be my prayer for our seniors, that they will hold tight to this word and they will build their lives upon it.
first 18 years of their lives, they have been introduced to this word, haven't they? Many have responded um, obedient to the lead to the word of God, but their entire life is before them. And our prayer is that they will continue to build their lives upon Jesus, right? May all of us seek to know God, know his purpose for our lives, live under the power of God's spirit, and let us build our future upon Jesus Christ, not upon the shifting sands of this world. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Father, thank you for, Father, the the picture of the kind of foundation that we need to build our lives upon, the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. I pray that will be said of all of us in this room that we have built our lives upon the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray even this morning as baby Addison is in the room that she will one day place her faith and trust in you, repent of of her sins and cry out to you to be the Lord and Savior of her life and that she will build her life upon the firm foundation of Jesus. I pray for each of the seniors that we are recognizing um, this morning that their lives will be built upon the firm foundation of Jesus, that they will turn to you to seek you and not wisdom from this world because we know that the wisdom of this world is folly. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, just um, now during our time of invitation that you will help us to respond obediently to your word. First, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.